You're listening to The Capital Table. Private capital markets have been evolving for many years, but never more so than in recent times. Take a seat at The Capital Table with leading experts discussing insights into the private equity and M&A worlds, and take away the knowledge you need to excel in a rapidly changing marketplace. We know this is one table you'll leave feeling full and satisfied. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Capital Table as we have an initial discussion on the important and continually growing category of private equity, that being independent sponsors. I'm very excited to have with us today Paul Marino of Sadis and Goldberg. Paul's firm, like Witham, has a number of independent sponsor clients, and Paul has a wealth of knowledge on this important topic. So welcome to the Capital Table, Paul. Well, thank you so much for having me today, Steve. I, I'm I'm uh, very excited to uh, to be here, and and certainly this is a uh, a growing uh, space uh, that continues to build uh, momentum. So excited to speak to you about it. Yeah, great. Yeah, and you and I have had you know a number of discussions. Again, we have a lot of uh, clients in this space, so. You know, I think for this edition, you know, let's cover some of the, the groundwork on independent sponsors for our audience and, and certainly just starting off with, you know, what is an independent sponsor? Sure. So an independent sponsor is, uh, generally speaking, it's an individual or more likely a team of people. And why a team more likely is because investors generally, especially uh, as as the um, uh, as the 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 independent sponsor starts to gain uh, you know momentum if you will and and start to invest more an investor is more likely to invest with a team of people uh, rather than an individual uh, so let's just say it's a team of people who invest in and raise money for a specific transaction you know as opposed to a pooled investment vehicle that has raised capital through investments and commitments for a number of transactions. Um, you know, thereby benefiting from uh, the portfolio effect, if you will. Uh, so, and again, most people, you know, I guess back in the politically incorrect days, most people would think of independent sponsors as what they used to be referred to as fundless sponsors. So it's really a, a, a or some people call them a search fund. Yeah, that's great. And I know certainly, you know, many of the clients I have that fit this category were with bigger firms left, started their own thing. But I mean, you know, who are the individuals you're seeing that are prevalent in forming these independent sponsor teams? Sure. So I'm going to just go, you know, broadly speaking, I'm going to group it into two different buckets. The first bucket is going to be the the senior professional. So the senior professional, let's just call it a group of senior, generally out of PE professionals who leave a fund after a number of years. Um, and you know they're just kind of tired of uh, the 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 relentless fundraising surrounding and that goes with with having a fund and and or um, you know the the amount of compliance and investor relations uh, that goes with it and you know especially with a you know a time lag and payment right so so when you have these senior guys that are looking to build out or, or leave these PE funds. You know what they see is they are they're very hyper successful. They've started their own funds, maybe run two, three funds, and they still enjoy doing deals. And they have a cadre of investors that follow them. And as a result, it's easier for them to to go out and raise capital on specific deals. And what you'll see is they're not necessarily generalists. 
They are, they are you know, generally speaking, they are, are laser focused in an area. They know the area well, and their investors know that they can provide them with a return. So those are our kind of our, 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 our the senior professionals. And generally, they're, they're not looking to start a new fund, a, a, a blind pool, if you will. Then our second group are the junior professionals. The junior professionals, like the senior professionals, they're, you know, they're at a, they came from a PE firm. Uh, you know, generally speaking, they're from a larger place. They have, they have experience, but not, you know, the, 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 the vast experience of running a fund. They've also not really been able to, to really benefit from the, the carried interest uh, from, you know, fund one, two, three, or four uh, and that they've left. And they're now looking to, to kind of cash in, if you will. Uh, the, the junior professionals, you know, what they're running into is that it's very hard right now to raise a fund as, a, as an emerging manager, right? I mean, it's just a difficult market. It was difficult before, uh, you know, it was, it was difficult before you had this whole COVID issue. The COVID, you know, has, has made it even harder. Uh, and I would say it's been difficult to raise capital as a first-time manager all the way back through kind of post-Madoff, right? So they're out looking for one deal, two deals, and they'll start generally at a smaller dollar amount. Um, and, you know, and they're looking for them uh, and they're looking to parlay this into a, into a fund. Right. So they want to take their experience or one or two deals, build a track record and parlay it into a fund. Yeah, certainly similar experience what we're seeing in, in our client base and those we talk to in the industry. So it really is a, a really interesting category and some great successful professionals who are seeing this vehicle as a, an avenue for doing deals. As you said, at the end of the day, these are people who like to get deals done and then obviously make them successful afterwards. And we both said in our opening comments how this is continuing to gain traction. So why do you think and what are you seeing that makes the independent sponsor business model continue to gain this momentum? You touched on fundraising, but you know other issues you're seeing out there. Yeah, so you know that's a great question. And one of the reasons why you're seeing this is it is because of fundraising. Um, it's also the dynamics of the underlying investor. You know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you would have institutional clients, whether they were an endowment, but more likely uh, some type of immunity fund or what have you. Uh, and they would be uh, they would they would be more apt to invest uh, and cut a check of 10, 15, 20 million dollars a clip into a fund. But now, you know, when you mix the difficulty in raising capital today's highly institutionalized and segmented marketplace, it's very difficult for a, a, a sponsor to go to an institutional investor and ask them for anything less than maybe 50 million. And, and when you really kind of look at it and you want to, let's say we want to, Steve, right? So let's say you and I go out and we're sponsors and we want to create a fund that's just $250 million. And if we went out to a, a number of, you know, large institutional investors, they're generally stuck on ticket sizes no less than, let's say, 50 million, 25 to 50 million. But they also have concentration limits. So that's 
you know, 50 million, let's say, at 10%, my fund has to be a minimum of 500 million. So all of a sudden, those, those institutional investors are knocked out of the box. And then you go down to endowments, and endowments, you know, generally speaking, might have a more conservative approach, or they're looking for more fixed income type of assets uh, or fixed assets. Um, so then, you know, when you, when you kind of start crossing out these institutional investors, who do you have left are really family offices. And, and even then, family offices really don't want to be in pooled investment vehicles anymore. I mean, they're really looking instead to direct deals. So little institutional, you mix this with very little institutional investment support, a pull away from pooled investment vehicles by family offices into direct investments. You have an increase in this independent sponsor uh, pool. And that's not to say, Steve, I don't want to say that there's no more 250, $500 million funds out there. And let's go, let's call that middle market. But a lot of those funds have, are legacy funds. They've been in the marketplace for a long time and they're just rolling in, you know, fund one, two, three. There's one locally here in Connecticut that I could think of that's on fund number seven and they just raised 750 million. Uh, but traditionally they'd been about 250. So I think that it's really effect, it's kind of a, a cause and effect and it's really as a result of, of a lack of, of capital providers in the space. Yeah, those are great, great insights. And certainly we've seen this shift in the, you know, the institutional investors, the endowments over the past decade and, and the emergence of more family office type structures. And again, certainly I think we can explore that topic a little more. But, you know, if you look at the structure of the independent sponsors, that, that provides a different, you know, level of benefit by the structure to the independent sponsor to the investors and and ultimately the, uh, the the sellers and the portfolio companies afterwards but really keeping that broad statement i made a little more focused you know what are the benefits you're seeing of the independent sponsored structure sure well i mean the you know the, the first and foremost for the investor i mean for the sponsor and their point of view is that you have immediate netting so you can you know you get all your fees out away and then when the deal is done you know assuming you had a positive outcome you can collect your you know your carried interest right away you're not waiting seven years and there's no clawback or anything else for the investor it's the same thing i mean generally speaking you know a lot you know these deals are two to three year five year at the most life cycle deals and you know you can really see the results of your transaction right away and you know what your fees are going to be, right? So, you know, as an investor, you see it right away. You get to invest right away. Most of these deals have a co-investment kind of aspect to it, especially for a larger ticket uh, family office, right, that, that strokes a bigger check. And, you know, and, and that structure in and of itself lends itself to, again, the trend in family offices to co-invest. And for the sponsor, they get almost immediate, uh, um, you know, satisfaction, if you will. Yeah, and certainly the ability to see that, you know, speed on return and investment as the, the world shifts is really important. And, you know, and I think we you've covered the categories of who is investing in independent sponsors. But, you know, if you if you broke it down, is it mostly family offices within your 
um, client base that are investing in independent sponsors? Or are you seeing a, any other category of an investor that's tagging along uh, on these deals? It's a great question. And here's what I would tell you is I do think mostly it's family offices or high, super high net worth individuals. But you know who else is coming into this space uh, more and more are very large private equity firms because they're running out of deal flow. The independent sponsors are not uh, they're not salesmen, if you will, right? So they're not just out there you know, beating the bushes and providing deals. They're doing a lot of the underwriting, due diligence. They're, you know, so so they're really kind of the, a, a knowledge base that is that is untapped. And and you know, for a private equity firm that needs to put a lot of money to work, right? Think of any large blacks and you name it. I mean. They need to put money to work and they need to get sector specific. And it's very difficult for them to be able to crawl through that, you know, through through thousands and thousands of deals. But with the independent sponsor, you know, you have an expert, generally speaking, somebody that is one of your peers, right? Whether they came from sell side banking or more likely from a large private equity shop, you know, uh, you have a an expert in the space that can get granular in a specific, uh, you know, in, in a specific vertical. And boy, man, I mean, you, you could save these private equity funds a lot of time and effort and money. So you'll see a a, a deal sponsor with a financial sponsor more uh, than you've seen before. I mean, we've done deals just like that where, the, 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 you know, right, Steve, that somebody brings you a deal and you're a you know you're a large PE firm. Then you decide, hey, I like this a lot. I'm going to come in for this much money. You just have to deal with our reporting requirements, but you can still run the deal. Yeah, that's an excellent point, and I have certainly seen that with with my clients and, and some that have been independent sponsors for a number of years. And kind of to your point, started in that that business and they had their pool of investors and the high nets, and you know grew into a little bit of you know bigger family offices, but, you know, have absolutely seen uh, right on point with what you're saying that, you know, you get a deal in a certain sector and they know the larger private equity firms that like that sector and it's the opportunity for them to deploy capital. They already know the sector and, you know, the independent sponsors obviously done all the legwork up front to, to get the deal in-house, to get it under LOI, to understand the business and, you know, oftentimes done the diligence and it's uh, it's a shorter path to deploy capital for those private equity firms. So Yeah, and don't right. forget to know all the players in the business as well. I mean, you know that it's a huge part of it, right? I mean, they know where all the bodies are buried. It's a big, big part of, of how they're doing business. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Well, Paul, it's been a great discussion, and I think we've only scratched the surface of independent sponsors. I think we, I, I certainly foresee part two of this topic coming up for us on the capital table. So absolute pleasure having you with us today. Great, great points you made. And again, for our audience, uh, you know, this is a topic we'll continue to explore. Certainly invite Paul live here on the Capitol table to rejoin us as we continue to talk about certain aspects of the independent sponsor model and how it impacts and can be a benefit to sellers. There's pros and cons, of course, but I think that's you know one aspect of this that I see as I'm alongside with 
my clients who are independent sponsors their ability to to really present a different solution for a seller again a topic for us to explore down the road it's a great great point steve i'll tell you right now i mean a lot of clients feel more comfortable selling to independent sponsors than they do private equity for a host of reasons but that is a great topic yeah so we will explore that down the road paul thank you today for your time and your insights and Thanks to our audience for tuning in. Thank you so much. See you, Steve. You've been listening to The Capital Table. For more information, please visit witham.com. Thank you for listening.